IntelliKey Leadership Stories with Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Connect with us on LinkedIn or visit our website, pureintellikey.com. Here's your host, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Welcome back, friends, to our podcast, IntelliKey Leadership Stories. We're the podcast for conscious leaders, leaders that are growing and making an impact in their organizations for themselves and also for the planet. My co-host, Kirsten Gouldy, is normally with me. Today, she's taking a day off away from the microphone, take care of some family business and take care of herself, which is certainly a principle we all try to espouse. My guest today is Rhino Julie, the founder of Camp Rhino Gyms. And I told Julie I'm on the first name basis with her. Is that Rhino or is that Julie? But it's Rhino Rhino. Julie. (laughs) Welcome to the program. I am so excited to be here. Three or four in Las Vegas now, and the concept of Camp Rhino has just gone everywhere. And yes, you are an honorary rhino. Is is honorary a higher or a lower? I don't know. You are at the same, you're in the rhino family. Okay, Mark, in the rhino family. And yes, I have two health and fitness gyms. And then I have the rhino ninja warrior gym. So that one's just for fun for the kids. You know, it's the one thing I think that can beat out video games for the little kids. So there you go. And it's a nice way to get to ninja status. To ninja status. (laughs) Rhino ninja status. Is there two things that, you know, are more cool than that? I don't know. Yes. We're going to talk about the gym business. We can't help but talk about business when we're on this podcast talking about leadership. But we've got to start with the personal leadership. You know, Kirsten likes to talk about body, mind, and soul, that a leader really needs all three of those. And obviously, when we think of Camp Rhino and gyms, we think of taking care of the body. But you've really found it to be so much more than that, haven't you? Yes, man. Back in the day, I used to kind of just abuse my body with exercise, just trying to be able to eat whatever I wanted and health was never my goal. So my first goal for the gyms really was to lose weight because I was overweight and I had an advertising business and I thought, well, what would make me work out? Cause I don't like working out and I don't like eating healthy. And I, I said, well, if I get into the fitness business, I I'm going to have to lead from the top. I'm going to have to represent that life. And that I felt like that was the one thing that would hold me accountable. So that's why I started it. But the first years, it was really about just losing weight. And I I didn't care what happened to my body as long as I lost the weight. And that's so detrimental mentally and physically. And now, now I meditate. I never thought I would be one of those people who meditates and I take time for myself. And back in the day, I just was a hard charger, just always going, going, going. And people would tell me you're going to hit a wall. And I would just say, I don't, I don't see myself hitting a wall, you know, just, I didn't think that was possible. And then sure enough, you know, I've hit that wall, been in the hospital and nothing was wrong with me except for stressing myself Mm. out and not taking care of myself, even though I was exercising like a maniac. And so now it's come full circle. And now I really do embody the things that I never thought I would want to talk about on a podcast, which is mind, body and spirit. Yes. I love the fact that you bring up meditation. Why is it that we think we'll spend an hour or so sweating in a gym, but sitting cross-legged in our favorite chair and being quiet is so hard? 
Well, I think a lot of us don't want to sit with our thoughts. We're afraid of what might come up. I remember when I had hadn't done that, I always had to have something to fill my time and fill the space. And I hadn't tried that yet. And I think I was worried that a bunch of past trauma was going to come to the surface. I, I think I was just worried about what would besiege my mind if I just if I'm let be it alone be quiet. With my thoughts, yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. And now I wasn't able to ascribe to like a certain type of meditation. I was never able to follow any of the meditative practices out there. I literally just sit and look out my window and think about whatever comes to my head. And I don't put a time limit on it. And then I do free writing and then I read my book. And when I'm reading my book, I'll stop and look out the window and think. And so that's kind of my form of meditation now, just because I still am not able to say, I'm going to sit there an hour and do this, these transcendental Chat, I still can't do it. And I think that's okay. I think we all have our own ways. Yes. And so when we think about that sort of mind, body, spirit connection, how has it helped you? Uh, I guess with also your physical goals. It has given me presence. I've always cared deeply about people, but I would care deeply in the sense that I would want to help fix them <laughs> in a very hard charging bulldozer kind of way. And now I am just present. And so every minute, every second, and it's not always there, we're not always able to, to practice that. But for the most part, every conversation, I just enjoy it just for what it is. I just sit there and I listen and I look into the person's eyes. And before I would always be thinking, okay, I'm going to connect them with this and this and this, and I'm going to help them with this and this and this. And I would be excited. I've never lacked enthusiasm. But presence was such an underrated, unknown thing to me. And now it's one of the core values in my company. <laughs> I mm -hmm. never thought, I never thought about it. Never yes. understood it when people would bring it up. It's so interesting as a, as a manager, how often we do take that, well, they need to be fixed, you know, I, and therefore the, the title, I'm here to manage you. You know, I'm not here to manage the work or the business or, you know, the clients. I'm here to manage you personally. And here's the seven steps that we're going to take to fix whatever it is I think needs to be fixed. Exactly. And then humans just shut down, mm -hmm. <laughs> just shut down. It's kind of like being in school when there was a bunch of things that they were trying to fix about us mm -hmm. mentally, we just end up shutting down. But then it, it's amazing how, when we're allowed to just speak and when we hear, when we hear our employees and we just listen to them is how's everything going open-ended no not trying to get at anything not trying to get them to say anything in particular and then well are you having any issues and a lot of times and we do the same thing so when I'm talking to a mentor or someone that I'm seeking help from the best ones let you talk yourself in circles until you figure it out yeah glad we had this chat you just figured out the answer <laughs> exactly thank you and how did you begin to make that shift? Because I, I'm picturing just what you said. I'm reading the book. I'm free writing. But oftentimes I'm reading the book going, you know, this applies to somebody I know. And I, this is exactly what I need to tell them. Instead of reading it, that it should be reflecting on me. But how did you begin to make that shift from I, I need to fix these people to I need to listen? That is such a great question, Mark. And I have spent a decade of my life. There's one person in particular, more than one, but one person comes to mind 
a decade of my life trying to, and I'm using air quotes, help them. And that involved daily conversations, daily, you know, texting, whatever. I don't, I think texting started happening halfway through that <laughs> relationship. <Yeah. laughs> this was a while back, but realizing that after 10 years of me with all of my trying and all of my good intentions, it took up a lot of my time and they were in the same exact spot 10 years later as they were before. And I thought I was doing this good deed, you know, helping them. And now I've realized that we just have to be that example. And then I run group programs where people can come. I have a free program that people can join if they want to seek me out for the particular kind of help that I do. But really, it's about them just doing that work and asking the questions and really wanting to work through it on their own. And I can't help anybody. It is I do not have the power to help a single person. We could be the light and then they can help themselves. But that's about mm -hmm. it. And the it, same goes, you know, Mark, do you ever think back all the people who have tried to help you? I, I have this recurring just it's a fun thought. Oh yeah, so-and-so told me 20 years ago that I should start a blog and I had no idea what a blog was and I just didn't listen to them. <laughs> right, I ignored it. Why wouldn't other people ignore me? Is that what you're saying? Just, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. because it has to come at the right time and we all are on our own journeys. And I always like to tell people we cannot be behind on our own journey. It's ours. Mm -hmm. And so we're going, you know, we're going to go through these phases in our life where we need different types of help. And for me, 17 years ago, I felt like if I could lose weight, then everything else in my life would just be magical. And it was better, but there wasn't magic. It just got replaced with other things because I wasn't doing the personal work. If mm -hmm. that makes sense, I was mm -hmm. doing all the tactics and the strategies and applying them and working really hard, but I wasn't doing that personal work. And the personal work is all the things that I used to run from. Yes. the silence, the meditation, the self-care. Yeah, so interesting. The connection that you're describing that I can't help but figure out the, uh, I guess, the fitness coach and the life coach, the similarity, you know, the fitness coach can't do your sit-ups. They can't lift your weights. They can't do the bike. And neither can the life coach do the work for you. You know, you just mentioned something. And this is a super duper secret, not really, but you're the first person I'm telling about it. I'm going to get my entire staff. Some of them are trained in life coaching, but I'm going to get my entire staff trained in life coaching, because if you're going to spend an hour online with one of our nutritionists or in person at our gym, why not have the life coaching benefit at the same time? Mm -hmm. Because it's so important. I used to think I was happy because I was happy compared to my past. And so sometimes when we compare ourselves to 10 years ago, it's like, yeah, I'm happy. But now, but I was happy in a way that when I get this or when I achieve this or when I do this next thing, then I'll be happy. Or I was always happy when I was eating. That was, that was just the, the best. Mm -hmm. If I could sit down to a nice meal, that was my true happiness. And then when it was over, I was like, I need to eat more food because I'm not happy anymore now that I'm done eating. <laughs> And, and now I'm happy in every moment, almost every moment, you know, obviously none of us are perfect, but, and that's from presence. That's not from achieving anything or gaining anything. That's just from having presence in my life. Such a strange concept to me. Mm -hmm. 
It's, and it's good that you're expanding this organization wide and maybe we pivot from your personal development to your company development that you decided this is a corporate mission. Uh, when, when did it evolve from just something you wanted to do to something you knew you could build a business doing? I saw it done. Scott, I, he's, a, he's an amazing gym owner in Arizona. And I just talked to him this week and he told me that he had done it. So that's one. I, now I've seen that somebody else did it. And then secondly, I've been working on this for a long, long time. Just our client journey and how we take the best possible care of our little rhinos coming through our organization. And it's, it's been years it, it, and it really is that personal journey. It starts there. So I wanted to lose weight. So I started a fitness company to help myself lose weight and help other people lose weight. Then I realized that weight loss is not the end all be all. We still have all of these things inside of our head that we need to work through and, and the, the body, mind, and spirit, like you said, it's all important. So then I started this rhino life challenge and I was trying to, to lead people in a group through these positive transformations that had to do with the mind and spirit as well, but it still, it still wasn't complete. And I think the big kicker is me, instead of just striving and trying and, and saying, I know I need this, it's really realizing it in my own life. And that really didn't happen until the pandemic, mm -hmm. because even though I was going through the motions, I still didn't know what it was to be still and to be present. And, and to have that kind of just happy in the moment spirit, talking to anybody, being at the grocery store, driving. And, uh, and so now that that's realized, I, I feel a little bit better about trying to build that program. And so with the rhinos, this is the other part. We've had so many people lose weight with us. And then a lot of people do gain the weight back and it's not because they don't know how it's because there's some, there's some trauma. There are some things that, that are still there mentally and, and spiritually that also need to be worked through so that it could be that lasting habit change. And we've had a lot of people be able to do it. And it's because they were able to, to do all three and just wanting the wanting what's best for our clients, I think, and experiencing it for myself has been, that's always kind of shaped our mission and our vision, I think. Yes. Well, in that full life circle that people describe, you know, if you're having stress over finances, for example, or you're having stress over kids and school and, you know, other things, then that's going to carry over in other body or other mind or other spiritual uh, challenges, isn't it? Yes. Especially, I think the most annoying thing about financial issues, and I, I've had them so often because I get excited about new ideas and I think they're the best idea ever. And I'll put all of my money into them and then all the chips tank. in the middle of the table. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and I've had a lot of great ideas. We were the first boot camp for civilians. One of the first, there might've been others in simultaneous universes and that worked out well. And so my first big idea was a hit. And then you think all your ideas are going to be a hit. And so then I've had to take out loans to cover the business because I, I took all the business's money for these other ideas. So I've had lots of times in my life where I feel like I could drop dead over a heart attack and really it's just finances. And now, now I have a different attitude about it. Finances are the easiest thing to fix. They're just numbers and it, that can be fixed, but it's, 
it's health problems, it's relationship problems. Those are the toughies. And so I might as well get my financial house in order once and for all, because the way that it carries into our relationship relationships and also just our, you know, our other, it, it affects everything. And so why not get that one fixed once and for all, and then not worry about it. And then I can work on my personal health and, yes. and you know, and the relationships. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. And I, and I guess business-wise, and you brought up the pandemic and how it affected individuals, but how it affected your business um, as we're turning the corner and we're thinking about coming out of this kick cocoon now um what what about your business uh is going to have to be transformed how did it affect you and how do you see it going forward i loved that we had that pandemic for not i don't i don't love that we had it but the reason that it ended up being a positive thing for us or we made it a positive thing is because i've never had my gyms shut down in 17 years i've never had them taken away and so for them to be shut down and for me to realize how important it was, not only for our members' physical health, but for their mental health as well, to be in a community of people who love and care about each other, and then also to all be striving towards making themselves better physically and mentally. I didn't know how important it was. I don't think we've been told, but I didn't realize because for myself, I didn't have them. So I gained 20 pounds during the pandemic <laughs> again. Like gained weight again, and I'm the gym owner, you know. Exactly. Like, and it's just being is that supposed of, to make the rest of us feel better? Oh my goodness! We had online Zoom classes, and I was literally going off camera in my own gym's Zoom classes and slacking during the workouts because I don't enjoy. It. And when you're in the room, you know you can't slack. That's but right. I remember telling my team. We were all, you know, we were all a little worried. You didn't know what the future was, was going to hold. And I maintained all of our team members through the pandemic because I have 21 amazing people and I don't want to lose a single one of them. It's taken me 17 years to find them. Right. But I told them, I said, as long as we care and as long as we solve people's problems, we will always be around and just kind of realizing that and, and just kind of expressing that to our team really just helped us get back in line with our mission and with our vision for the company. And then now coming out of it, I think the biggest thing I learned is never to take my business for granted. Again, I love chasing shiny rabbits, but what I have here in Las Vegas is so beautiful and it's small. You know, I like that we have three locations and I'm not sure will expand past that unless we find the right team members, then maybe, but I want to be like the little Italian restaurant that has the line out the door, but there's always a seat for the people who've been coming for a long time, you know, for those family members, right? That, that's yes. kind of what I want for the gym is to have that tight community. I know everyone's names and, and not, not to lose sight of what we already have instead of chasing the rabbits. Like I yeah. said, yeah, it is a personal commitment. And I guess I wanted to ask about, you know, the title of our podcast is IntelliKey Leadership. And this word IntelliKey meaning, you know, your full potential, your soul's purpose. Do, do you feel like this is really beyond a mission and a vision? It's a company plaque on the wall. Do you feel this is a personal sort of calling a soul's purpose for you? Yes. And I'm so glad that I went off and became a business mentor for a couple years. And I tried some other things to realize that everybody I was mentoring 
there are better business mentors out there. What they needed from me was the help with their mind, body, and spirit, the things that I had been doing before. And for me, I really feel like we are saving, well, helping people save themselves from early deaths and sadness. And there really couldn't be a bigger purpose for me. And I, I will talk about my grandpa. He died before his time. It was unnecessary for him to die when he did. And he died from diabetes and, and he died because he didn't know that he could enjoy his life while taking care of himself. I think so often he was an entrepreneur and he loved business and he loved his family. And so often we think that if I'm going to take care of myself, it's going to take time away from my business and from my family, or I'm going to have to be miserable and I can't eat what I want, or I'm going to have to go exercise like those crazy people I see on, on you know, exercising yes. and videos and stuff. I'm going to have to be like that. And we don't realize that there's a way that we can have our business. We can have our family. We can not spend very much time and still save ourselves from, from dying from unnecessary diseases. And, and for people who have family members who reach that point, it's just, it's the saddest thing I think you could ever see is somebody, a spouse dying or, or someone being bedridden. It's just the awfulest thing to mm -hmm. end our lives that way. And, and that really is my mission is to help people enjoy their lives now and set themselves up the best they can for the future. And do you hear these similar types of motivational, I guess the stories behind the motivation from your clients and members as well? I mean, what drives yes. them to come work with you? Yes. So all of them have different purposes. It's really cool. When someone is young and they first start with us, they want to do Spartan races and they want to do Tough Mudders and they want to go to the CrossFit games and it's beautiful and it's amazing and we support them. And now with a 17 year cycle, we have people who maybe started in their forties or fifties and they're nearing, right? Their sixties or they're nearing their seventies. And it's a different story. Now it's, I want to chase after my grandchildren one day and I want to just be as healthy as possible. And I want to do it with nice people who are supporting me and, and cheering me on and encouraging me. And I think one of the most heartbreaking stories that I heard recently, it was a nurse who came in and she said that in her hospital, there was this older man that came in and he was one of those jovial old men who just has that twinkle in his eye and, and always wants to make everyone around him laugh. And when she came in the room to help him, he said, my wife died seven days ago. And she was my caretaker. And since she died, I haven't been able to take off my own shoes because she always took off my shoes. And I'm like tearing up right now, uh, talking about this story. And so the nurse went to take off his shoe and she was happy to help him. And his skin kind of came off with the shoe, like just mm -hmm. neglect, like just not being able to take care of himself. And she just told me this story. And she said, I want to be able to take care of myself and my loved ones you know, until I die, like as long as I possibly can. And that's why I'm here. And I, I just can't think of a, a better reason to take care of ourselves, but it's not fun to think about that when we still have time. Mm -hmm. And most of us, we don't see that unless we see it with our grandparents or we see it with our parents. We're yes. not in the hospital, but yes, if we're still focused on the uh, tough mutter and the marathons and which is great. Things. Yeah. But which it's, is great. it's projecting. What will this mean later? Yes. Yeah. 
Yes. 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 And on that note, I was someone who was trying to <laughs> do crazy records and I really abused my body and that's not good either. <laughs> you know, go off, the, 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 go off on the other end. Yes. Everyone used to tell me moderation is key. And I would get so annoyed. <laughs> like, no, I'm going to hard charge everything. <laughs> that's that's so true. Well, listeners, my guest is Rhino Julie. Uh, you check out her website at rhinojulie.com. All the things that we've been talking about, health, mind, body, spirit, it's all there. And uh, I, I'm really fascinated. I want to pick up again on what you're doing with your organization, that you're adding this kind of life coaching or personal development to the physical development. How's that going to be structured? How do you see that unfolding? If you're going to have somebody who's helping you with your physical body, why not have them qualified to help you even more? Because the time is going to be the same, right? So some of our members, they see their personal trainer at the beginning of the week and they see them for an hour. And then the personal trainer helps them decide which classes to go to that week or what to do at home. And then the trainer will follow up with them and hold them accountable. And why not, if those relationships are going to last for years, because a lot of our coaches have their clients with them for years and years. So why not, once they start getting in that physical routine, why not say, okay, what, what is the next thing that we want to bring in to your life? Like what, what's the next thing that we want to work on? And it'll just be, I like doing one habit at a time, like trying to instill one habit at a time. But really, since this guy uh, in Arizona, since he has this program, I think I'm just going to pay him to teach me what he's done, because I really like learning from people who have already done it. And I was really impressed talking to him. And I have so many versions of that right now, but I want to see what I want to see what he's done and then maybe get that support for my coaching staff, because he said that he he trains the coaches weekly on how to help their clients. And I think the best coaches have coaches. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what I want for my team is for them to have a coach that is helping them with their life skills and bringing that down to their clients. Yeah. I think it's worth underscoring for the listeners that, you know, you found somebody who is doing it well and you're willing to take that coaching because a lot of people, I mean, you, you created the boot camp, you know, but, and yet you said somebody else is doing something else. Well, that I could learn from. So it's, it's come back around. Yes. And back in the day, I never wanted, I never looked at what our competitors were doing. I had never been really in a gym setting before, before I started mine. So I had no idea what was going on. And there was something really cool about that. It made us who we are. And there was something different. People in my gym always say, I always hated the gym and I love coming here. So that's a mantra that I hear a lot, but with, with this, this is something that I only recently found for myself. And so why not learn from somebody who has changed thousands of lives through his coaches and, and see what he has already been doing. And instead of trying to invent it, because inventing, so with the boot camps, when we first started that, I spent a half a million dollars over the years trying to explain that boot camp for fitness was for adults. Everyone tried to send me their bad kids. That's the first thing. <laughs> yeah. And then it's not a correctional camp. This is <laughs> boot camp. It's for grownups. <laughs> exactly. And then by the time I got that figured out, 
people, you know, people who used to come to mine are people who like, they were starting their own, which is fine. I say the more of us helping people save themselves, the better, right? But people would get our business confused with other ones. And that's why we took on the Rhino so many years ago. It's just to really like, no one else is Rhino. <laughs> no one else that's goes right. by Rhino. No one else is named Camp Rhino for their gyms. And, and that, that's us. So now we can't be confused. But I'm not really looking to, to do that again, to be the, the, they always say the one with the arrows in their back. I forget what the exact uh -huh. <laughs> story yeah. is there. But the first person who starts something, they go through the toughest time. And, and if it's already being done, if boot camp was already being done 17 years ago, I would have jumped on someone else's bandwagon, but it wasn't, but this is already being done and it's being done well. And I'm just excited that we can adopt it in our gyms. Fantastic. And I guess I was also thinking about as you were uh, building the business, you know, what, how should I say this? What inspiration, you know, you're always looking for ideas and some of it is to create new programs, new offerings, new products, but some is to, you know, how can we do better? Uh, what, what are some of the influences that contributed into that mix? So the first influence was when I had a friend and this was before I had the idea. I had a friend go into the military and do boot camp and come back thin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They'd gone in, you know, with a little extra and they came out just all ripped. And I seriously considered joining the military, not seriously. It was a passing idea to join the military just to do their boot camps so that I could lose weight. And, you know, and that is a terrible reason to join. I did not join. I am thankful to everyone who joined for the right reason. Yes. <laughs> but that was when the idea first came is I, I am not disciplined. I need somebody to tell me what to do and, and make me do it as far as working out goes. And so that's where I had the idea that if I could start this thing and have somebody telling us what to do. And it was really hard. Like I remember I was in cross country and track and I remember being with a team and a bunch of people just doing something really difficult together and bonding together. So I wanted the team part of it and I wanted us to be bonding. And then if it was really, really hard, maybe I could still eat my Philly cheesesteaks and my donuts and my pancakes. And, <laughs> and that was the original thought. And we, I used, I literally would go to expos and I would say, I had a big banner that said, eat what you want and we'll work it off. Which is not the right way. Mm -hmm. It was what I wanted. And that's, that's what I built. So most of the inspiration just came through my own evolution of I'm a foodie. I'm probably, I probably have a food addiction. I think about it probably more often than anything else. <laughs> and so it was just coming out of my own desires and, and needs. Yes. And then thinking about uh, uh, listeners who might be listening to this saying, you know, I want to be, be a better leader. It, they might be leading a team of six or seven people in a department, starting a nonprofit or running a multinational corporation. I want to be a better leader. What insight from your experience could you offer them? I'll tell you what, I used to think that the best thing I could do for my employees would be to pay them on time and leave them alone if they were doing a good job. And that is not like there are, there are very few people who would like that. I would like that, but I've never had a job. So what do I know? I've always yeah. done my own thing. <laughs> and now I've realized that the best things that I can do for my team is we, these weekly just check-ins. So I check in with my managers, the managers who run the gyms weekly. 
And we just say, how's everything going? Do you have any issues, anything I can help you with? And the managers check in with each one of our coaches. How are you doing? Do you need anything, anything we can help you with? What, and then most importantly, what are you proud of yourself for in the last week? Because a lot of us don't ever look at what we're doing great, which means that we don't have momentum. I always say without celebration, there is no motivation. We're not motivated to, to try harder when we don't feel like we at least have little successes. So them looking for the things that they're doing great and then them communicating it to us as their, their managers or as their leaders means that we can celebrate them. They can celebrate them. And then we talk about, Hey, what issues are you having? It's just, it's really about listening, but those weekly meetings have are everything because in the past I, I have fired more people than I can remember. Mm-hmm. And I think most of those relationships ended that way because first I never used to do the proper hiring process. I was just like, if I can do it, anyone can do it. And this person needs a job. And that's, you know, that was 20, 20 something year old Julie. And now we have an extensive hiring process because I care so much about our rhinos and I want them in the best hands. But then secondly, that, that communication rhythm, when it's not there, things are invented in both of our minds and we're, and then by the time there's a meeting, things just blow up. And then that's how people end up leaving. Because it's been going on for so long. Yes. Regular check-in. Yes, exactly. And then I all, I love having everyone aligned with the core values too. Just having that be the first thing. And then secondly, putting them in the, in the right roles. And we've all heard this in business, but we can't be told it enough. (laughs) Even me. I find myself in the wrong role sometimes, even me. And I put myself in that role and it's important to just do those checks. To keep checking. Well, Julie, as we close, first of all, thanks for being with us. It's been just a great conversation and listeners, I know you've picked up on the energy and the passion and compassion that Rhino Julie has for her rhinos. And you probably thought I would ask you this right out of the box, but I saved it to last because I want to send us off with why a rhino What is it about this metaphor that is so good? So bring it all together for us under the visual imagery of a rhino. Ah, well, first of all, if they're charging at you, you're not going to stand in their way. (laughs) It's just not worth it. But even more than that, they have super thick skin, which I think is so important for all of us just to have that super thick skin. And something unknown about rhinos is they actually enjoy eating food with friends and playing with friends and and being around other rhinos. And I think that's something that we just wouldn't think about a rhino. Usually we kind of see them in a picture off by themselves. And, and so those like, no one stops a charging rhino, thick skin and liking to be around friends and, and eating with friends. And then the other part is not only like it being my favorite animal, but also it wasn't taken by any major sports teams or movie and on Google, nothing really popped up (laughs) so many years ago. And that was back in 2006 or seven, I think Mm -hmm. when we adopted the rhino. And that was very important because I don't mind people copying us, but I always want people to know when it's us or when it's somebody else. Yeah. So some very practical reasons too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Which are important. It's important. It's, It's not good to have the scarcity mindset and, and be afraid but it's important to just say, 
how can I just make sure that there's no confusion and we don't get a bad Google review from something that somebody else is doing? <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I love that you shaped up and, and painted this picture of the rhino because as leaders, we think, well, okay, we're going to have to be tough and thick skinned and, you know, nobody can stop us. But I love that there's also a community of rhinos that they like to be with others. We could learn a lot from that, couldn't we? Yes, I think that's the most important part is maintaining that community and, and just making sure that we always say you don't have to be cool to be a rhino, but you have to be nice. <laughs> there you go. I love that. Well, on that note, Julie, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much. This was amazing. I appreciate you, Mark, and the message that you're putting out into the world. And don't forget, Rhino Tough, everybody. Yes, stay Rhino Tough. And check out our website, rhinojulie.com. Well, listeners, this has been a terrific conversation about IntelliKey leadership fulfilling our mission and our higher purpose, our soul's purpose. And that's what IntelliKey is all about. We look forward to having Kirsten back for our next episodes upcoming. And until then, for Kirsten Goldie, I'm Mark Stinson, and this has been IntelliKey Leadership Stories. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories with your hosts, Kirsten Goldie and Mark Stinson. Connect with us on LinkedIn, and for more information on courses and consulting, visit pureintellikey.com. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of Intellikey Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and thepeaceroom.love. Our podcasts are hosted on Captivate.fm and available anywhere in the world, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Ghana, and iHeartRadio.